that's why there's a lot of people that have like the the sad boy hours or the sad girl hours is because they're looking into themselves being like i suck at this i suck at that i can't believe i did this whatever it is and they don't know how to confront it the reason being i know this is because i went through it you know like i know how it is What's up, everybody? This is Ahmed. And Luffy. And this is the Brotherly Love Podcast, episode three. And I've had this thought for maybe about two weeks or so. So even before we started the podcast, and I think it's probably the most important topic to discuss since we talk about love, we talk about relationships, and we talk about anything in that kind of sort. So my question to both of us, not just you, is... Um, what do you find most desirable in a partner? Like what, what are the traits that you would find suitable for you? The most desirable. Yeah. Like most desirable. It it could be the physical. It could be the mental, the spiritual. I just want to know where your mind is at. Mm. I feel like my answer definitely changes over time. (laughs) I would hope so. I would really hope so. Oh man. (laughs) I would really hope so. Yeah, uh, that's that's a really good question. I don't I don't even know where to begin. Um, I think for me, at least right now, the most desirable trait I could find in a partner would be honesty. And, Why honesty? And I know that sounds really cliche. Everything sounds cliche. Everything that has a grain of truth sounds cliche. Yes, yes. Um, I would say honesty because I think that relationships are built on honesty. True. And not just the honesty between the relationships, but between the two people in the relationship, but between the individual in the relationship. Mm -hmm. Meaning, I need someone who can be honest with themselves. So that they can mm. be honest with me. That's deep. I don't think you understand how deep that is. <laughs> uh, yeah, I think honesty is. Uh, it, it it's it's so much more than than the connection between, you know, you and someone else. Mm-hmm. It's the connection between you and yourself, between you and what you believe, and how that comes out in our relationship. So it's like. For me, honesty, you know, it shows itself as authenticity. So, you know, honest people are authentic and they're true to themselves. And I think that that's important for you to be true and honest and authentic so that I can take you for everything that you are and you can take me for everything that I am. So what level of honesty would you require, right? So, because, <laughs> you know, because the real question, you know what I mean? Like there's honesty where it's like, the bare minimum where they tell you enough where you can, you know what I'm saying? You can trust them, maybe not to a close extent as a relationship, but you know, as a trust. And then there's ones where it's like everything there's, they tell you everything. Mm. So like, what would you find as comfortable? Well, that's, I think that's more an issue of timing, right? It's not the information. It's how soon are they divulging that information? I'm not on a first date with someone saying, Hey, six years ago you know this happened to me and it was traumatizing and it's like yo (laughs) a lot of people feel comfortable talking to me like that (laughs) like just cat like i don't know them Mm. and they speak to me like that like i i I, I just why why did i stutter so much (laughs) (laughs) what 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 (laughs) (laughs) no but at work a lot of people will come to me and I'm not saying I don't like listening because I do. I value when people come to me and consult to me. I, I think that's a, a value of mine that's like, oh, you trust me enough to tell me this stuff. But sometimes it's like, I don't even know you and you're telling me the most deep, darkest thing about you. Maybe. I don't know if it is, but yeah, but go ahead. Go ahead. No, no, no. I, I mean, I want to know, like, why do you think people are so comfortable telling me that? Telling you a lot of information. Hmm. I think the reason being is that 
I allow everything to go in a way. So like, I'm not gonna shy away from certain conversations. I'm gonna give you my input regardless. Like it can be about school, it can be about life, it can be about personal problems, whatever it is, like I'm gonna put my input in there. And I think the reason being there comfortable is because it's like, I'm very open-minded with every conversation. I'm not gonna be like, oh, you're weird for that. It's mm. like, well, no, that, you know, everyone has dealt with different things. Maybe I've never dealt with it, but it's nice to hear from someone else how it is for them. Yeah. I think the second one is is probably more spot on, right? Like, Which one? I think the fact that you are non-judgmental in your conversations with yeah. others is the, is the reason why they're so comfortable talking to you. Mm. Okay. Yeah, I can see that. So what, you know, flipping the question back to you, what do you think is, you know, I told you mine, what yeah. do you think? And I, I chose the, the cop out cliche answer, Honestly, but, <laughs> right? She has to be honest. <laughs> right. But, um, what do you think is the most desirable trait in, in a woman, a potential partner? Um, accountability. But not necessarily like if we're having an argument. I'm not the kind of person where I'm like, you have to say sorry. You know what I'm saying? Like, no. I'm saying accountable in your life in general. Don't blame other things or other people because your life's not going the way you want to. You know, like with a potential partner, I want someone who is willing to look at themselves and humiliate in a way, like not in a bad way, but in a way to be like, I'm not good at that. I suck at this. Maybe the reasons being is because of A, B, and C. And for that alone, it kind of goes back to honesty in a way. Like you have to have a moment with yourself where you have the clear intentions to be like, this part is because of me. This is because of me. This is because of me. Because there's a lot of people, people I work with, people in my classes that view life as oh, that's not my fault. Oh, that's not because of me. And instantly when I hear just even that small smidge of a response, I know the kind of person you are and I don't want to associate myself with you. Because for the simple fact that you're not, in a way, holding yourself accountable for the actions you keep putting out. So yeah, accountability. Wow. <laughs> uh, you mentioned humility. Yes. Uh, what do you... I mean, what do you think about that? Humility? Mm -hmm. uh, shout out Gary V before <laughs> anything, because he says that at least like 200 times a day. Humility? He says humi like humility and uh, some other like choice words, but I know humility is one of them. That's a, that's a huge word. Oh, no, yeah, yeah, it's a huge word. But yeah. I, I think what it means in general is like you're willing to look at the flaws of yourself, the parts that you don't want to see. Like, have you ever noticed that some people are very, very blinded of their weaknesses mm. or the things that they're flawed at? Mm. It's because in their world, they want to be perfect. They, want, they don't want the misery that comes along with being a human. They just want to see kind of like, oh, I'm good at this and I can do that and yada, 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 right? But that's why there's a lot of people that have like the, the sad boy hours or mm. the sad girl hours. It's because they're looking into themselves being like, I suck at this. I suck at that. I can't believe I did this, whatever it is. And they don't know how to confront it. The reason being I know this is because I went through it. You know, <laughs> like I know how it is. But if someone is willing to look at themselves and you don't have to do a complete 180 the next day. I'm not expecting you to do that. I'm just expecting you to be honest. And like, like you said, be honest with how you feel. If you're not being honest with how you feel as a person with your own emotions, how do you expect to be in a relationship with another person? Mm. How can you handle mine if you're not being truthful? Mm. I had uh, this same conversation. What is the the most desirable trait that mm. you can you know that you have in a in a partner with one of my friends? And his answer was actually, I think, humility. Really? Yeah. And I mean. For me, like that, it was hard at first because I, I wanted to steal his answer, but I, <laughs> I chose my original answer, which, you know, honesty, because at the same time, you know, me choosing honesty 
you know, in, in seeing that as the, you know, or whatever that it is that we're finding as the most desirable trait in a potential partner is ultimately what we most value in ourselves. And it's what yeah. we most want for ourselves, which is why we seek it in a potential partner, you know, and he, he said humility in his response was, I thought it was amazing. He said, well, humility comes from humbleness, mm-hmm. right? And for you to be humble requires you to know what you have and be sure of it, but not show it off, you know, to, yes. to have an inward level of greatness. <laughs> yeah, no, I completely agree. I think especially in the, uh, the last three years of my life, uh, I, I feel like I went through a big phase where I kind of changed my way of presenting myself, mm. right? So before, my mindset used to be like, I'm way better than you. Don't you ever try to compare me mm. to you, whatever it is. But over time, I started to realize like, yo, having reclusiveness and being able to present the information that is truthful to me but not so much where you know so much about my life is very nice to me. Like people, like my audience, like my my, uh, my moon children, I call, them, I call them my moon children for a reason. <laughs> um, they rock with me so, so hard. Although they might not know anything in my personal life. They don't know the things I deal with, maybe in the music. They don't know the things I deal with, the things I do in the day to day. And that's fine because our relationship is based on our values. You know what I'm saying? And it's it's nice to not feel like I have to be show, showing off of what I have and what I can do. And it's like, it speaks for itself. I don't need to constantly always do that. That's kind of what Kendrick Lamar and J. Cole do. Mm. They don't, they really don't speak much. They just be chilling. Their work speaks for itself. Yeah. And that's the level. Double I, platinum, no features. Bro. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like I'm trying to reach that level. Like I know right now I have to like push my music to my, like to people and all that kind of stuff. But as soon as it hits that point where everyone speaks for me, I'm not about to be on social media. What do I have to be on there for? You know, because it's like I can drop a great album. Everyone's like, oh, this is critically acclaimed best album of the year. It's like, all right, cool. I'm not going to speak for five years. See y'all later. (laughs) Everyone's like, what happened? You know what I'm saying? I want that to be the case because over time, as as, as soon as you mentally start growing up, you just start realizing like, being like like what your friend said to be humble within yourself and be like this is what i have and i'm i'm happy with it like i'm not uh unsatisfied in a way like i i'm grateful for what i have obviously like yeah i would want more but that's not going to stop me from like doing what i want i think that's really important yeah you know it's it's crazy because it's like when i go on like long runs along through like the countryside Mm -hmm. i pass by these huge estates you know with these enormous like pieces of property oh the ones that we saw uh i believe so on the trail right yeah i believe so yeah yeah so like and and it's crazy because it's like there's these beautiful homes that you see like right on the front and they're like huge you know mansions Mm -hmm. but then there's these ones in the back that are you're not ones it's 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 just one <laughs> you know that's that's in the back yeah and like it's secluded like you can't see it from the street mm-hmm. you know and they have an even better view they have more land you know and it's just like to me if that's just like that's goals it's because it's like i i got what i wanted which was in that scenario like i got the better view i got you know more land or or whatever it, it wasn't about like I don't know. It's just in the same way, like that you look at J. Cole and Kendrick and like, that's the way you're trying to move. That's the same way I'm kind of trying to move in development. Or I think that people should move in their own personal finances because it's not about showing other people that you have money that who like, what what benefit is money? You're just trying to get robbed. (laughs) Yeah. No, every time uh, I go on Instagram, there's at least one person it might be on my explore page, maybe like someone I follow, whatever it is. And you can see them constantly flexing. And now I'm not going to be like, oh, they're a terrible person. 
how could you be start flexing and da 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 no like i get it you know i get the whole premise of it you want to look like a boss whatever it is rick ross oh, you know what i mean <laughs> like i feel you but at the same time it shows a big insecurity of who you are and kind of the things that you lack in your life which is validation like you want people to look at you with that money but at the same time like you said like bro you're just setting yourself up like people i don't think people understand but your phone is way more powerful than you think even if i just have an instagram account i can find out who you are and probably find out where you live they found out where 69 lived twice twice bro <laughs> like and this man only popped up on like ig with his ig live once it's not jo- even it's not about that it's yeah, about it's not who a, he is exactly he moves exactly that makes him that makes him very notorious like you'll know where he is and it's like i get it but at the same time it's like yo that's not the best way necessarily to move if you want to make a certain lifestyle so like for me like i i think it's just like being able to find that balance of like you can show parts of your life not necessarily always on social media but just in general with people and still live a happy life it's like what j cole said uh no such thing as a life that's better than yours, which is mm-hmm. very true. It's mm-hmm. very, very true. It is, man. You know, like as someone who used to be addicted and in love with money, you know. Yeah, I remember that. <laughs> as, <laughs> I remember that. Yeah, I'm, I'm a recovering, uh, recovering addict. <laughs> you know, um, but you know, the the love of money stems from the fear of poverty. Yeah. You know, people are obsessed with making money. I was obsessed with making money at one point in my life because I was very, very afraid of being broke. Yeah. Because I had been there before. We had been there before. And I didn't want us to return. So I obsessed about making money. The thing that happens after you make the money, though, is you realize that this is nothing. (laughs) Beyond, There's no value to it. Beyond what I can leverage it to do. Mm-hmm. There is a... My bad. No, no. Okay. There is... A, I forgot what his name is. But it's like one of those uh, Instagram moguls that talk about like business. You know what I'm talking about? People like repost them and it's like uh, uh, you're, you're working for a corporation until you're 64 and then you're going to retire and die. Wow. Such a lame life. You know what I'm saying? Like, I, I hate that shit. Oh, people so, who bash on people yeah. who, who work, quote unquote, normal jobs. I fucking hate that shit so much, bro. Yeah, me too. Because it's like, why are you were there? Why are you acting? It's not only about you were like, yeah, one, you probably were there. But two, like, that's how like most people, like you probably employ people like that. You probably invest exactly. in companies that have people who work like that. So like there's value in what they're doing and you're demeaning it. Like you chose a different path, but I have friends who work corporate jobs who are doing way better than me. Yeah. Way better than me. No, yeah, yeah, completely. <laughs> you know, like, and it's not because they're a job at their, you know, you can, you can be capped, you know, they think that, oh, cause I'm self-employed, I can do my own thing or, I mean, to an extent, but you know, they, they have advantages working in a corporation too, is you shouldn't demean people for choosing a different lifestyle than you. Oh yeah, but back to what we were saying uh, with the mogul, he was pretty much saying like, you can have ten million dollars, but what value does it have if you're not spending it? Which I what I thought was like, it's true. They mm-hmm. always tell you save, 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 save. Which I get. You're supposed to save up money for certain instances or whatever it is, but at the same time, if you're holding on to that money too long, it's like, bro, you're not spending your money right, or, you know, wisely, whatever it is, which kind of goes back in terms of the original question of the traits where it's like if you're not really spending the time to look at yourself with all that because like imagine time is money mm. right they always say money is time time is money if you look at your time and you're not willing to look at the values i guess you could say that you want a potential partner or the values you you actually want to see for yourself you know, sometimes we're more afraid of the the things that can happen to us than happen to others. So like the good things. Some I know a lot of people that like, let's say for instance, uh, they've had two good days in a row. They're like, something's up, right? Because they fear having something that's good is, is going to 
end up being bad in a way. If that makes sense. The fear of loss. It's like loss aversion. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like we fear losing something more than, or we, we don't get, yeah, we fear losing something more than the happiness that we gain from getting it. Yes. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Like that's why I think this goes for everyone. Even when you get a big accomplishment, it kind of stays there for maybe a day. Mm. And after that, it's kind of gone. Mm. Because you got it, but now you don't want to lose it anymore. It's kind of like, it's either status, money, or the the ladder of success that you're trying to reach. You know what I'm saying? Like, I, I feel every time I've dropped a song, whatever it is, I keep reaching up more on that ladder. But then mentally, you forget about all this past history. Like, I have musical history from when I was 14. That's like seven years ago. Mm crazy right you remember when i first started making music and how trash it was and then now it's like seven (laughs) years later here's the here's the music you know what i'm saying so it's like you you tend to forget the uh the smaller things of your success ladder no you you hit it spot on like at a certain point it switches from creation to preservation Mm -hmm. you know like in that rat race you know, especially like when people talk about like wealthy people and like making money and stuff, wealthy people don't need to necessarily spend their time creating money. They need to spend their time preserving the money that they have. Money creates money if you put it to use for you. Mm -hmm. So they need to just spend their time trying to save money. That's why they lobby Congress for laws to be passed and Um, you know, tax strategies and things like that, because it's about preservation. It's not necessarily about creation. It creates itself if you put it to use. Mm. How do you feel about, uh, it's crazy because I feel like we've gone to so many topics that have been connected. You know what I'm saying? They're connected, but now we're in a whole different, it's like YouTube recommended, you know what I'm saying? YouTube YouTube recommended stuff. You get real deep in that stuff, bro. (laughs) Real deep. But, uh, it's a rabbit hole like Wikipedia. Yeah, like you just keep searching for stuff. You go from Illuminati to like Bob yeah, the Builder. I don't the, know. In the back at God or something. Yeah, like <laughs> it, it's crazy. But anyway, um, in terms of preserving money, mm. and in terms of like just money in general, right? There's been a big... I didn't read the article all the way, unfortunately. I just read the headline. I don't know if this is true. You probably know more than me. Uh... Jeff Bezos is going to become a trillionaire. Is that what it is? Yeah, a trillionaire mm-hmm. while saving Amazon, like the, the, the website. Um, just from the Twitter threads I've seen, well, a lot of people on Twitter are like socialists in a way. They want things to be equal for everyone. Mm-hmm. They're like, you have a trillion dollars, although... I know for a fact it might not necessarily be a trillion dollars in cash flow. Maybe in assets. You know what I'm saying? They didn't specify, but in the headline it just says Jeff Bezos is set to be a trillionaire. Right? Um, How do you feel, I guess you could say, of like people in, or someone that owns a corporation like Jeff Bezos to have that amount of money? I want your honest opinion too. Don't <laughs> don't try to BS it. I want your honest opinion. Uh, honestly, mm-hmm. I think it's just um, it's a result of the game. You know, you're asking mm-hmm. the question of is the game fair? Mm-hmm. You know, that's that's difficult because none of us choose where we start off, including someone who starts off with a lot of resources. Yeah. and I'm not saying that he necessarily did. You know, the the thing I think a lot of people don't realize also about people like Jeff Bezos, Bill Gates, you know, Carlos Slim, all the guys with billions and billions of dollars, they don't have that in cash in their checking account. Yeah, I think that's what people can <laughs> Like, go back it. to what I just said, like, they have that all, like, 99% of that money is working for them. It's not cash. You know, they actually need to sell the part of their asset to like most of the time like that's why you hear all the time oh they they're only taking one dollar salary they don't need the salary they own 49 percent of the company they can sell 0.0001 percent share of their shares and get a hundred thousand dollars yeah 
100%. I think people, like I said, got misled by the title of the article, but I've become a lot more aware of the things I read online. I also try my best to not always be on my phone. I always just try to do other things, you know? But when I'm on my phone, I, I feel like the best way to combat the social media addiction is to look at it for what it really is instead of being so like, it's kind of like, like you said, it's in a game, right? Mm. You can either be the player or the controller, mm. right? So it's like, you can look at what's happening and remove yourself from it, but still see. It's kind of like what a lot of bigger artists do. They, they, I know a lot of celebrities probably have like fake accounts or whatever, and just look, just see what's up, you know? Um, but back to what I was saying. Um, damn, what was I saying? You're, you're questioning me about the moral... You know where my moral compass stands Jeff on Bezos. billionaires making oh, oh, the a bunch title. of money. Yeah, so with the thread, I can tell people didn't read the title because everyone's like a trillionaire, and he's not even gonna. He's like a trillion. He's like no. Th- There's a big post mm-hmm. on Instagram or something like that, and it was like Jeff Bezos just got set to be a trillionaire. Meanwhile, there's blank million Americans out of work, unemployed. His what? There's like three percent or some percentage a very small percentage of his company could save everyone's life why wouldn't he do it what the hell and everyone's like mad everyone's very upset and i looked at it and i was like you're just mad because bezos got the game correct (laughs) (laughs) like he understood from a long time ago from when he first started amazon he was like i i have a prediction of consumer behavior they're probably we're all going to switch to online soon so why not make a website where we sell items online? He got ahead of the curve before everyone else. I don't know his starting place or whatever it was, but it didn't seem like he was fortunate to have like a million dollars. Just, you know, bam, out of nowhere. I think he started from literally the ground up and became who he was because of it. He he gave money to foundations and for charity, whatever it is, but because forgot what the amount was it was maybe like two hundred thousand or something like that mm-hmm. everyone's like two hundred thousand Ugh. i'm like you don't even have two hundred thousand why are you complaining but i kind of get it at the same time because people in a way wanted to be fair for everyone they want everything to be fair but life in general is unfair you can't always have it your way. This isn't Burger King. You know what I'm saying? Like, <laughs> you can't have it your way. Yeah. It, it's, it's difficult. I think it's difficult because he did. He he just won the game. You know what yeah. I'm saying? Like, but at the same time, like, and so, like, I get it because from, from a, a certain perspective, you know, especially like if if all you know is like working, like jobs. I'm talking like working class jobs and working yeah. America. You know, and and that's the thing is there's such a huge people don't realize the the level of classism that exists in America, like the classist divides that exist in America. Like working class people, yeah, of course. You look up at Jeff Bezos and you're like, what the hell? Like yeah. this does not make any sense. Mm-hmm. And like for good reason and it's because like they're not winning you know like working like working class america only wins when the economy's doing well rich people win regardless of the economy yeah <laughs> yeah like that like that's how the game is set up and that's why but at the same time at the same time you you when you look at someone like jeff bezos right it doesn't matter if he started with with a hundred million dollars, a billion dollars, right? At the end of the day, like you have to put the money to work. Like, yes, the money works for you, but like he had to build the business, like he had to build the company, and there's an economic reward that exists for that. That's how the system is set up. You know, if if people don't like that, okay, let's change the system. Just understand. There's going to be a lot of hurt in the progress. You can either choose the hurt that we currently have or the hurt of the change of the system. And once the hurt of the change of the system becomes less than the change of the hurt that we currently have, then the system will change. Hmm. Okay. Uh, In terms of money, right? In, In terms of the use and the usage of money, right? 
how would you, in terms of advice, right? How would you use your money in in a, is it efficient? It could be. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know. It might anymore. be effective. It, it might could, be effective. I don't know. What's the question? Just say in it, an man. efficient way. <laughs> Just say it. Uh huh. Would how should you use your money in an efficient way? Is it efficient or effective? Are you are you trying to say that you want your money to work for you? Yes. Okay, effective way. Okay. Yeah. Damn it, bro. <laughs> I'll never get that. It's 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 cool. I I get a lot it's of words. Tricky. Here, so. Um, how would I say get you should use your money in an effective way? Yes. Well, number one, I think it depends on where you're at. You in know, your life. Yeah. The the number one going back. I'm gonna choose another cop out answer. Best place to invest money. The best return you'll ever get is an investment in yourself. And it's it sounds super cheesy, but when you take $10 and you go like start up some small little entrepreneurial thing, you're like, oh, okay, I'm gonna buy these little things from the dollar store and flip them on eBay. And now you have $50, like that process, or now you have $0, it doesn't matter if you lose. That mm. process of you going through it and spending that $10 doing some sort of entrepreneurial project, like that will return more for you in terms of your entrepreneurship than, you know, almost anything else. And the same thing applies like at, a, at like bigger scales. So like, yeah, number one, investment in self, but no one wants to hear that. So let me give like a practical, <laughs> a Go little ahead. bit more like concrete, I guess, not practical mm -hmm. answer. Um, if you don't have a lot of money, you know, you need to build up an emergency fund. Like you need to, because most likely you're living paycheck to paycheck. Most people will live paycheck to paycheck mm -hmm. and it's not a matter of income. It's a matter of budgeting, mm. you know? So number one is like build up a, an emergency fund, pay off your debts. And then from there you can start to use your money to work for you. You do need to have like money. Let's not lie to like make your money work for you. And you like, you know, but you have the advantage of time. You know, if you're young and you have a couple extra dollars that you can throw into, you know, your, your investment account. You know, if you have a 401k at work, throw money in there up until they match. Like by the time, you know, you cash out 60 some years old, that money's been compounding for like 40 some years, you know, like that in and of itself is like, it's the compound grows on top of the compound. That's, I think it was Benjamin Franklin said like, that's the most like magnificent thing in the world or something. Or money big. grows on money. Yeah. It's the fact that, and that's literally how, when I'm talking about, it's a matter of wealth preservation at a certain point, not wealth creation. It's because at a certain point, you just having a hundred million dollars invested into an index fund is just going to, from your dividends alone, you know what I'm saying? Like you're, you're cool. You're mm. cool. If you don't touch the honeypot, you just eat the little honey that flows over. Hmm. That's a good uh, analogy for that. Um, okay. That's cool. I guess we, we've gone through a lot of topics, but I kind of <laughs> want to go back to the, to the, the original to the topic. To the main topic. But this time it's like a different question. I mean, it's the same kind of question, but in mm -hmm. a different kind of way. How do you, how do you imagine your, your dream girl? Like, what's your quote-unquote perfect girl? Not necessarily, like, physical traits, because I know every guy's answer. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> oh, she got to have a beep, beep, man. <laughs> beep, 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 beep. I, I get it. I mean, that's a two. Yeah, yeah, that's a two. Whatever. But, like, in terms of, like, a personality-wise, mm. how would you see your dream girl? Like, how, how would the connection be? You know what I'm saying? Like, how does it make you feel? That kind of stuff. You answer first. I asked you. <laughs> what do you mean? <laughs> you answer. That's that's a difficult question. I answered it first last time. All right, all right, damn. <laughs> uh, for me, I would say my dream girl. Like the conversation shouldn't feel forced. There have been moments where I have been talking to a girl, and when I say talking, I don't mean like we've been flirting back and forth through text or whatever. Just literally like how we're communicating, just talking. And I could tell I'm forcing a conversation and I shouldn't be. Mm. If there is a lack of either my side or their side, we probably wouldn't connect that well. 
but for a dream girl, I would want a girl where I have fluid conversation. Um, we don't always have to speak a lot. We can just be chilling. But that that in itself is a conversation. Um, mm, that's deep. Yeah, yeah, it's deep. Like, where, if, where do you think? I'm sorry to cut mm, you off. Where do you think a fluid conversation comes from? It comes from the ability of both sides to open up about their thoughts and not feel afraid about how they feel or who they are as a person. A lot of times my fluid conversation comes with people who know themselves. Mm. People who don't really give me like boring answers. Like at work, there's a, there's been a, a couple of people where like, I'll ask them questions, but they kind of give like very short responses. Oh, nothing. You know, the usual. It's like, all right, bro. I'm not going to, you know what I'm saying? I'm not going to force it. Mm. I'll, I'll keep how it is, but I'm not going to force it. Um, another thing, you have to understand me in terms of my love language, which is like physical touch and quality time. Mm. And you kind of have to like compliment it or match it. Because um, that's the biggest thing. Because that's the way the relationship is going to nourish. Nourish? Nourish? I don't know. <laughs> Whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, because let's say, for instance, their biggest thing is gifts. I don't give a fuck about gifts <laughs> at all. Like, that's the bottom of the bottom. I don't care about it, right? Mm. So that way, if it was like gifts and acts of service, I might be able to fill that acts of service, but the gifts in general, I'm like, I don't think I could do that for you. Because mm. for me, I'm like, inherently, I don't like giving gifts. Mm. Unless it's practical. If, if you've been talking about, oh, like, I've been needing uh, a thing to help with this, all right, cool. I'll put it in like my reminder and give it to you because it's practical. You're going to use it. But I'm not about to buy you a necklace or a watch, whatever it is. I don't care about that, right? Um, how do, well, we know how now how you care about, I mean, how you oh, feel yeah, about yeah, it. Yeah. How, do, how do the girls that you've talked to feel about it? <laughs> I've actually never like been open about my love language until kind of now, mm. in a way. I didn't really realize what my love language was, but I started seeing a repetition where, a lot of the time with the girls, they'll be like, why don't you ever get me any gifts? And I really, really yeah, and I had to ask they myself. asked you that? Yeah. Wow. And okay. like, like, not necessarily like gifts as in like, buy me something expensive, but like presents or whatever it is. Mm. Like I said, that's not me. That's oh. literally not, I don't do that. And like I said, unless it's something practical that you want, mm. let's say for instance, the girl's an artist and she's been talking about, oh, I want wanting to draw. Okay, I'll get you colored pencils, whatever it is, or acrylic, whatever it is. I don't, I don't know anything about art. <laughs> but to give you that, because it's practical. That's, that's, in a way, a quote-unquote gift, but anything other than that. So what's, what's your philosophy then on like the gift-giving? Are you just not into like celebrations, or is it literally the act of like giving gifts? I love celebrations. Mm-hmm. I think celebrations are necessary, especially when someone's been working so hard. You know, like today... Uh, after I finished my exam, I was playing Call of Duty for two hours. Like that was my way of celebrating. I was like, I feel great. Mm. I did two exams. I think I did really well. I mean, one of them I know I passed. Mm. Other one I'm still waiting. But Alhamdulillah, I think I did really well. Alhamdulillah, by the way, means like blessings on on God in a way. Um, but that was my way of celebration. But like literal gifts. It's like I got you this. I got you this. I don't do that. I don't like that. <laughs> yeah. I guess yeah. That would kind of be the the three things. So being able to have fluid conversation. Um, what was the other thing? Uh, I think I only love, said two things. Well, it was fluid conversation. And then you were talking about how your love language. Um, oh yeah. So fluid conversation, love language. Um, I guess in terms of a last one, like, hmm. I think that you said something interesting though, like with the, the, the love languages. Yeah. Like, do you is well you said that you never really knew about them or you never talked about them until now i never really i didn't know what my love language was and i also never talked about it because in relationships i'm the quiet type i'm not really gonna say much well let me ask you this in in my like i didn't know about the concept of love languages until relatively recently but i kind of knew what my love languages were Mm. I just, you know, I just didn't know the technical terms for them necessarily. Okay. Maybe so, that's the same for me. So like, I've always known that I'm not a, for instance, I'm also not a big gift giver. Mm. So like, I've always kind of known that though, you know, it wasn't like I had to take the assessment and then I found out that, <laughs> yeah. you know, I don't like giving gifts. 
uh, I kind of already knew that about myself, like with relationships in that regard. Mm. But um, I do think they're really useful because I, like you can match, not you can match people, but like if you know that someone, they highly value gift giving and for you that's at the bottom, that's like an incompatible or it's something that needs to be addressed. Yeah. Most likely incompatible, but... <laughs> yeah, because you can try your best to adjust, but it's not your natural state. Yeah. Does that make sense? Yeah. Like, like I yeah. said, I would feel a lot more comfortable and compatible with a girl if I knew her love languages was quality time and physical touch. Because that means I don't have to do anything expensive. Just the simple fact that I can be with you, that's mm. what matters. Mm. Now, of course, I'm not saying, oh, you stay at home the entire time. I would hate that. You know what I'm saying? I want to go out a couple of times. Let's see what's happening. Da, da, da. But overall, She's like, let's go on a date. This is a date. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like, this is a date. What are you talking about? I'm um, here, right? <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, but like just spending time with that person and being able to have their presence, being able to touch them is like, for me, that's like the best thing. That's all I need. Mm. I'm not asking for anything else. That's all I need from you. Mm. I mean, those are my top two. Also. Really? Yeah. Physical touch and quality time. Yep. Oh, that's yep. crazy. So, I mean, but it's not a shocker for me. So, I'm no, yeah. I've always been a touchy kind of guy, not in a weird way. Whoa, <laughs> not yeah, not in a weird way, guys. Not in a uh, weird way. But yeah, I mean, those those, and that's what I was saying. It's like I've kind of known that, but it might have just been from my experience in my past relationships before. So, mm. you know, it, that that the love language assessment just quote unquote verbalized it for me. <laughs> yeah, I guess I didn't know what the technical term was mm. i just knew for me i was like i like to spend time with the person and although i need my space i also like it having physical affection you know not pda I, that's that's weird pda well what type of pda like full-on making out dry humping oh my in public type of pda oh i don't know I think it should just be natural, right? Like, I don't, I don't care where we necessarily we are. Not to say like, well, yeah, kind of like I don't really care where we are. It should just kind of be natural. It shouldn't be like, yeah, no. Like, I'm not saying you shouldn't show affection in public because I think it's, yeah, it's gonna be natural. Like, you know, every once in a while, hold hands, whatever it is, give her a kiss goodbye, whatever. Right, I get it. But like, I've seen like way more, especially at college. I'm just like, bro, why are you? Bro, there is a <laughs> there is a a barstool GMU page mm-hmm. on Twitter, and I was geeking. I was in uh, my sophomore year, so someone at like a parallel building to I think it was my old building, like Dominion. Remember freshman year, you helped me move in uh, to Dominion, which is one of the housing places at my my campus. Um, and they were recording a video of one of the common rooms. Mind you, the common rooms are big, like. Very, very big spaces. They have like seats everywhere so people can study. It was dark. <laughs> and all you see is the dude doing like that. Oh, man. The, the up and down hand motion on the girl's I head. Like, <laughs> I was like, no. Like, there. Right in the shadows or something? Yeah, like, kind of like in the shadows. Like, it was dark. No one's there. And it was just them. And I was like, bro. You have a you have a room for a reason, bro. If your room hey, is some o- people are into that, man. <laughs> if your room is occupied, she has a room too. Like you know what I'm saying? Like, hey, you know, desperate times call for desperate measures. Like sometimes you got can you got to get it where you can. Like, <laughs> I I also understand that. You know what I'm saying? But there's a there's a thrill of the moment factor. <laughs> it is no no, no I, I get that I get that. But it's like when I saw that, I was just dying laughing because I was like, bruh, bruh. <laughs> Out of all places. But, yeah. Yeah. That's that's how people be, man. <laughs> yeah. No, I, I get it, though. I get it. Mm. But the love language is definitely, uh, like, you. if you don't know it and you don't, I think you should take, the, like, an assessment. Oh, yeah. And, and see, because mm-hmm. at the very least, you'll have some sort of words that you can use to describe the feelings. I think that's actually a huge issue in relationships is people don't know how to express their feelings like they literally don't know how to say into words what they're feeling i've had a really bad issue with that in my past relationships yeah because like a lot of times what i would do is like dang i'm gonna sneeze (laughs) am i gonna sneeze i don't know it's like sort of coming but anyway um pretty much in those relationships it's like something would happen in terms of like tension 
and I would drop it. I wouldn't talk about how I felt. Right, I'm definitely gonna sneeze. Come on. Here it comes. Dang, it went away. <laughs> Damn. But anyway, uh, I used to be very silent about how I felt. Because mm-hmm. I was like, if the relationship is able to like stay afloat, then my feelings, I just won't say anything. Because I know it will cause a outrage or whatever it is. Mm-hmm. right? But then I started to realize that's the worst way to deal with my right. feelings. Because I'm a very passive-aggressive person. That's one thing I know about myself. I'm passive-aggressive as hell. Mm. So when I'm not able to speak my mind... I just don't talk. I'm not going to talk to you anymore. In a way, it starts like making me repel. Cause I'm just like, there's no point. Cause there's this, this, there's like little things, you know what I'm saying? But alhamdulillah, like my current one, I speak my mind. I don't care. I'm going to let you know how I feel. <laughs> Cause if I don't, I'm going to explode. Yeah. So I'd much rather say it in a calm manner. Like, Hey, this is how I feel about A, B or C instead of not saying anything. And then looking like a crazy person being like i think it's funny how and just go on you know what i'm saying yo people yeah there's a lot of a lot of uh pent up pent up anger and it's just like one small thing that happens it's like i can't believe how you (laughs) it's like yo and they're like where is this coming from like i'm pretty sure like bill burr has a bit on this like (laughs) most likely yeah yeah uh (laughs) there is a comedian i forgot his name but he was like he's pretty much talking about mental health for black men Mm -hmm. but he was doing a comedy like special kind of thing but it was really it was executed really well because like he would say the truth but then like throw a joke everyone's like ha 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 you know what i'm saying but one of them um was he not a black guy no he's a black guy oh oh, Yeah, yeah yeah And he was talking about oh, but he, because he was talking about mental health. Yeah, uh-huh. and he was like, uh, "Black don't crack for black people unless it's psychologically or some shit like that." And I was like, "Damn!" <laughs> I was like, "Shit!" But then he was like, "Yeah, I went to my therapist, uh, and you know, like sometimes I'd be checking in and I'd be like, "Damn!" Like, and like a friend asked me, "Like, oh, you good?" Yeah, I was just bugging. I was tripping, right, right. <laughs> and then uh, he's like, "Oh, I was on one." But the big thing was is he was like, "It's not one big thing. Mm. It's a lot of small things yeah. that just add up, and then you get kind of like." Ah, you know, for sure, for sure. That's that's uh, I I think that's the case. Yeah, most of the time. It's not. I've never had a moment where it's been this one thing, and I just ah and go crazy. It's because a lot of smaller things are adding up, and I didn't address it. You know, on the flip side, what's crazy is like success is the exact same way. Like you, you imagine it's like oh, you know, for instance, I'm gonna. I don't, I don't even know like what's what's I'm going to graduate from college and then, you know, everything is going to be great or I'm going to, you know, get that job. And then it's like we imagine like life is these big moments like I'm going to make a million dollars. I'm going to buy a house. I'm going to, you know, get this car, fly over here. And like, yeah, that stuff is cool. But like there's small successes like throughout the day to day in the same way that like um, the. What? What were we just talking about? <laughs> <laughs> we're talking about relationships. And then we also talked about how for mentally, when you're in a relationship and you don't talk about your feelings, it's small things instead of one big thing. Oh, and they add up over time. And you always imagine it's this one big thing that's going to make oh, you Oh, but crack. it's actually the smaller things. Yeah. So in the okay. same way, like, you know, you think it's this one big, like, celebration. Like, you live... But, like, life is lived in between. Like, you know what I'm saying? It's not lived, like the it's, day you buy your house it's yeah. not live the day that because that day is cool but then you have to live the next day is also you know what i'm saying like yeah no i uh, completely agree i think especially during this quarantine it's taught me a lot of to celebrate the small victories and the small things that you're doing throughout the day um instead of seeing it as big moments so like i wouldn't be excited for something unless it was like a project right so i would remember like when I would drop a project because it was well one it was usually on my birthday I always drop projects on my birthday um and then I'll be like driving home fast from the studio like yeah because I got all the files and stuff mm. gotta upload to SoundCloud then I gotta upload to SoundCloud and then I'm like going in I upload it boom promotion you remember I'm pretty sure yeah. you remember like three or four hours I'm just like going crazy yeah, like DMing people and stuff yeah like spamming people with all this stuff and for me that was exciting because it was like I get to present all those little days added yeah. to one big day. So for me, that was a celebration. Mm. Um, 
but now I'm learning where it's like I like celebrating small stuff too. Like I'm yeah. not, although like bigger things like me dropping a project, a music video, whatever it is, those are great moments too. But it's like yo, I'm having a good time in this day right now as well. Like this isn't insignificant. Yeah, yeah, no, that's that's literally like when I do my my like gratuity every day, mm -hmm. that's one of the things that I, I try to focus on is I try to say as many things from the day before that are little that I'm thankful for. So I'll be like, oh, I'm thankful that on my way home, I hit all green lights, you know, and I'll just try to remember that and be like, oh, I'm, I'm really thankful for that because it's something small. And it's in the same way, like it's in, I have to look for small things in my day to be grateful for because it's not every day that, you know, oh, I, you know, you buy a house or you, you know, close on a deal or you present a project, like, you know, like you're saying, but life is lived like in between, you know, and are you just going to sit there waiting the entire time for this one big event that may or may not ever come, you know, like, yeah. like we were talking about before, like before or previously, mm -hmm. um, you know, like you have your plan and then there's God's plan. And it's like, your plan could be that I'm going to wait until this next big thing to to celebrate myself or to have a good time you know or but god's plan could be that you need to learn how to celebrate yourself like today you know and tomorrow so that like when the big celebration actually comes like you'll actually be happy for happy it. and in the moment and present that's what i'm i'm happy for in the future inshallah like i have two projects i have like in the works Mm -hmm. I didn't set a date. I have it in my mind. I just never like said like, oh, it's going to be this day because I want to make sure everything's ready. But I also know that when this one project drops, that day I'm going to be super happy because I'm going to be like, yo, I appreciated the days even when I wasn't recording music. Mm. The days where I was just doing schoolwork or trying to learn this new skill or whatever it is, I'm happy now because it did all come together, which is great. But now I'm more in the moment. Because I was able to be in the moment in those days too, like the days where it was hard and stuff. Like, mm -hmm. yeah, I think that's the the biggest thing. Yeah. Uh, you want to go to another topic? Maybe we're at fifty one minutes currently. Okay. Fifty two to be exact. Um, but we can go on a little topic. What do you want to talk about? No, we're probably going to run over if we start yeah. open up another can of worms. Dang, guys. I know you guys were excited for it because we've been talking, having a really good conversation too. Um, but hey, there's always next time because with the Brotherly Love podcast, we always have very intriguing and interesting conversations and we never know where it really goes. So next episode, we don't know exactly what's going to happen, but I just know it's going to be filled with greatness. All you know is it's going to be an interesting conversation. Yeah, it always is. Mm -hmm. You know, um, I just want to thank you guys as well for tuning in and for listening to us. Um, I think it's probably the biggest thing for us because we just had this one idea to have a discussion between brothers, and it's becoming a lot bigger than that than just a discussion. It's becoming a an extension of our relationship as friends, as like best friends. Um, so I just want to thank you guys so much. Um, this has been Ahmed and Luffy. And we thank you for listening to the Brotherly Love podcast. Thank you again. Bye. Bye.